recording. So, um, talk about that. What's it like to not skate? Or where can you skate during this? I mean, I think you can still skate a lot of places that are yeah. kind of just like remote or empty, like empty parking lots, pools. Yeah. Um, not really any public parks, I don't think. Although some people are still going to them. Right. But, I mean, I feel like that's just asking for it, if anything. Like to get fined and get in trouble and all that stuff? Uh, That, but it's also like just not really helping stop the spread of things just because there's so many people in and out of there. Right. So. Yeah. I think some people don't really think that it's a big deal that you know that uh i think a lot of people do but i think some people just don't think this virus thing is really that important and just let the people who are going to get it get it and get on with life yeah there's dudes like i don't know what skate park it was but there's like caution tape all around the skate park and then basically there's skaters like filming themselves ripping off the caution tape and being right. like, fuck you, this is my park or whatever. And right. they're still just like hanging out. Yeah. Like at that point, it's just done. But yeah. If it's I like, even know people my age or younger that, that, that they think that, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. So like hard to say. I know. But I think that I believe it is. So, you know, I, I've been in this house, uh, for like over 30 days. Yeah, same. Yeah. But um, I think maybe if it is real, then the people that did isolate, maybe that'll help, you know, even the people that don't. That's true. There are a lot of cases now, I think, in Southern California too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever think that this would be a reality? (laughs) No, I don't know if anyone did really, but. Yeah. You're so young. Maybe, um, maybe Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, right. What, what do you think about that? People theorized that it was planted. I don't know what to think. Yeah. But also it's like, I wouldn't put it past someone like that to do something like this just to make money off people. That would be the benefit? Would be financial gain? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's It's hard to say. Like what? If anything, it is, but yeah, I can understand power, like a nation wanting power, or but like a, a, sole, a sole person wanting more money. Well, but I think they're saying the thing is it's his plan to make it so everyone has that thing he's patented or whatever the the injectable microchip or whatever. I think I personally wouldn't want one of those. Sure, what does that supposedly do? The in- I don't know about this at all. I've heard um, about. I don't. I don't know enough about it either. But oh. I think it's like maybe it's a microchip does something. I don't know what it does exactly. But. Okay. So I was thinking about you and print. I was thinking, did you ever study print at all when when you studied art? Not really. I wa- You're kind I wish of I a did. printmaker, aren't you? Kind of, yeah. I mean, work at a print shop and then stenciling is kind of like ghetto printing. Mm-hmm. Um, always been kind of fascinated by it. 
Yeah, because like print, you know, it is a powerful form of, if you want to call it art or not art, whatever it is, you know, uh, people who print and are successful at it, they have sort of, um, they create sort of iconic uh, art that appeals to large amounts of people generally. Yeah. They have sort of an authoritative aspect printing, you know, because newspapers and, you know, it was sort of the beginnings of authority, wasn't it, on some levels? Kind of, yeah. It's like the more you see something, the more you believe it. And if you've got the means to make something and have it be seen, people are just going to assume, like, different truths, you know? Right. And so, like, you, I know you, uh, you know, we talk every once in a while, maybe once a year, and um, normally in person. And, you know... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I know you have a background in marketing so that do you think that plays into your printing at all or, or does it does you ever think about that consciously or? Um, I think I did more in the early years after I finished college yeah just because that stuff is just like it's stuck in your head you're studying for all these tests and all these concepts and ideas um, some of them still like stick around too you know like um, I guess nothing really stuck. <laughs> There's nothing that's coming <laughs> to the top of my head. <laughs> but um, there, there are like techniques you see that advertisers do. There's ways to cut. So like I never really took too many art classes, never really considered myself an artist until people started telling me I was an artist. But um, all that happened after college. Okay. And so like, I have people tell me, like, oh, you've got, like, good composition or layout or whatever with, like, photography or, or something like that. And, like, I've never taken photo classes. I just I like taking photos for fun. Right. Um, but there's something that they teach, I think, in advertising where it's, like, your eyes tend to go a certain way. So in the Western world, you're reading left to right for the most part. You uh -huh. go left, right, and then you scan down. So the the way the nat the eye naturally goes is like that's why you see a lot of logos front and center or top left or even bottom right just because that's where you end something. But um, in the Eastern world, I think because they read right to left, it's like the other way around. Okay, and that affects their layout. I think it's just it. At the end of the day, it's like ease of understanding. Like you're trying, you're trying to have someone understand in like a snapshot of a second. Where it's yeah. like, if the easier you make it for them, the easier it is for something to kind of hit home. I guess. I mean, that's kind of what you do, isn't it? I mean, it you you are uh, articulating a visual language. Yeah, kind of. I think mm -hmm. it's all visual communications. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you think, um, we're going to return to when we return to skateboarding? Let's say, let's start with, oh, look at that IPS internet pool service or, uh, internet. Oh, you know what? Oh yeah. That's cool. Um, he got inducted to the hall of fame last year. I was helping Brandon and Haley up there, um, at the hall of fame 
and uh, he set up his own booth. It was actually kind of tight. He like he had his little suitcase. He came prepared with like all his shirts, and I don't think he brought any hot sauce. Been wanting to have <laughs> his hot sauce, right? Um, but yeah, he like set up on the merch table, and it was cool. What is that like? You know, you I met you at at Carruthers Skate Park. It was you and Anthony Garcia and Alan. What's uh-huh. Alan's last name? Uh, um, I can't but you know, I used to see you it's guys. the L. Yeah, yeah. Literal, I think maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. But I used to see you guys. Uh, me and Dale Arden and Amy Bradshaw would be skating there, and we'd see these very young people, and we'd think, "Well, why aren't you in school?" You know, and uh, I think it was when school was done already. Was it? Was it summer or something? Or you were out? Maybe I don't know. You yeah, got out early, but um, and then you, you know. I know that you've told the story before about how the thing that got you into this on some level was that you, there's all these really cool rock and roll shirts you wanted, but you couldn't go buy them at the store. Yeah. For the most part, like listening to a lot of punk back in the day, like you couldn't find a dystopia or like crass or anti schism shirt. So you'd make your own like patches and stuff. That's so um, cool. There are some people that would like, have silkscreen setups and like they'd sell shirts and patches. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got that far into making a uh, like a little DIY silkscreen setup. Yeah. So stenciling was the next best thing. I don't know the history of punk rock completely because I was like into the jazz music back then. But isn't wasn't that a thing? I mean, didn't people make shirts with stencil? Or was that not true? Uh yeah, I mean there's a there's always been a big like DIY ethos, I think, around yeah. punk. Right. So it might be even more cool, right? If it's I know that I've seen uh, uh, black yeah. label shirts where they've made it look like you stenciled it. Yeah, well they might have even had some because Lucera makes cool stencils and so does um Jason Adams. Mm-hmm. It's got really cool stuff. Right. So, like, how is it that a guy that age, your age, back then, you know, I don't know how long ago it was, but let's say you're 18, you're skateboarding. I was like 15, I think, when you met me. Were, were you? So how yeah. would a 15-year-old have any relatable desire to even understand or even care about old man skateboarding things like Black Label? or? Um, I think that kind of came with just like that particular park. Um, but then also that, that kind of skating too, like black labels always been like fairly punk from what I remember, like the early stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like that video blackout and it's like, they've got, I don't know. Like there are a lot of punkers that skated too. Sure. Like you'd see dudes that, like you kind of started by going to shows or whatever. It's like something to do, you know, but then you end up craving something more where it's like outside of music, like skateboardings. I don't know. It was always something that, that caught my eye, you know? Yeah. Because like my son, you know, he's 13, you know, Apollo, and I don't think he really cares about any of that stuff, honestly. I, he skates with his crew. And uh, they just go rolling around like a bunch of dogs, you know, through Long Beach. And, and, you know, I mean, he knows about some of it because of me, but 
I don't think it has much importance to him, you know, the history yeah. of skateboarding. And... I don't think I haven't really read up on it too much. Like I don't know everything about it. Some stuff like definitely like fascinates me or like there's things you learn and it's just, you have a, a greater appreciation for things that happen. Like, like IPS or whatever, like the fact that he made those shirts to go drain pools and skate them is like amazing. <laughs> like that, that's so cool to make a fake company. But it, I mean, that goes back to printing, right? It's like he, he made it look legit. Authoritative, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, you must be with a pool company. So sure. You know, when I was at Skatopia, this is my IPS story. Um, I, you know, uh, being Japanese, I mean, it was like me, Lester Kasai, uh, Lester's cousin, Terrence. And I think that's it. I guess over at Concrete Wave, there's Glenn Yoda. But there's very few Japanese people, you know, as role models in society or in skateboarding. And so, you know, Wally was like a huge thing. I still have it. Did I ever show you that purple Inaway deck I have? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I'll have to show it to you someday. Anyways, um, so whenever he'd come to Skatopia, you know, it was like a big deal. It was like a rock star thing for, for, for me. And you know, for other skaters, too. he was a rad skater. Yeah. Um, Caster. His, the company he wrote for was Caster. So Chris Stropel, who you can... To this day, you go down there to uh, uh, what's the what's the park on the end of the six hundred five freeway? Duarte. You could find him riding to this day on 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 sometimes on a Saturday. But nice. Physically well, you know. Nice. He was on Caster, and then yeah, Wally was on Caster as well. But um, that just trips me out, you know, like because you're so young, and then you're at the skateboarding hall of fame thing. I mean, you know, uh, which is I was, um, helping them with the volunteer or with, uh, the merch booth is they needed an extra hand. So that's cool. I drove up there and helped out. It was fun. It was cool. Yeah. A bit of a drive, right? Yeah. I was what downtown LA. At, oh, it was um, oh, okay. Cause I, cause the museum's like, in, like Simi Valley. Oh, Simi Valley. Yeah. I yeah, know it wasn't there. Oh. I think normally they do, did it somewhere in Anaheim or something. I don't know. It's the You're first right. one that I've ever been to. Something like that. And then this was the first year that they had it at a venue in LA or something. It was cool. It was a yeah. nice little setup. I forget the name of the theater though. So do you, what do you think, you know, uh, happened in skateboarding the industry because of this virus? Do you think, what are people doing? Um, I don't know. I haven't really kept up too much with it. I know it's kind of, gone along the same lines as like food and everything everyone's shipping more or like doing curbside pickups because retail spaces are all pretty much shut down yeah um i'm sure there's a lot of people like a lot of skate shops that probably won't even recover from this or, yeah they barely were making it as it was yeah um but skateboarding as a whole i feel like this is a good time yeah like You've got all this free time. It's something to do. It's something you can kind of isolate yourself and do. Like you can be six feet away and like not give high fives and stuff. But like you can skate through a city. You can like skate all these spots that normally would be more crowded. But now there's like no one there. 
True. Is it possible that skateboarding can use this uh, time as a way to um, recreate itself? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's ever going to recreate or whatever. It's always just kind of doing its own thing. But um, really, you don't feel that you don't feel that skateboarding is kind of a there's not a code in skateboarding. In uh, I don't know. I haven't thought that much about it, really. Um, but I do think that this is a good time where it's like it's it's not it's a time for skateboarding to show that it's not necessarily like a sport or whatever. If everyone's like, because you do see like the kids and stuff training with their like they have the skate coach dads and oh yeah parents that the parks like and it's cool to see a lot of kids skating um but there's there's like this certain thing i guess that made me love skateboarding where it's like you would meet up with friends and just go on like adventures right and i don't know how much of that is happening but i feel like this time will definitely lead to a rise in that like kids going out on adventures like skateboarding yeah i mean that's all you have and it's even better because you know you could get in trouble right well then also like considering what uh with like having all the parks open and stuff back before like a kid might never leave might never leave the skate park but now it's like yeah you have to so like it forces or not really forces or maybe it does but like gives kids the opportunity to like find new spots and know that there's more to skateboarding than a skate park. Like there's something exciting about skating, something that wasn't made for skateboarding. Absolutely. And, and um, even spots that are known might have to be, might be too much of a bust. I mean, I, I feel like most art and I consider skateboarding an art. Um, it, it does better with less. You know, less structure, yeah. less industry, less hype, uh, less of everything being the same. You know, it's when, the more you try to crush a thing, it just comes back stronger normally and better. Yeah, I feel like that's true for most things. Mm-hmm. Less is more. Yeah, so maybe this would be a great, maybe this is a really great time for skateboarding. Yeah, I have heard though from like some friends that are out like filming or skating, um, people are just more pissed off. Oh, I'd imagine. The people are just outside. <laughs> Maybe that would, you know, simulate what people of my generation experienced with skateboarding. You know, like we were not, it was not a cool Oh, thing. yeah. People were always calling cops and stuff. And just even in your school, you're looked at like you were kind of a freak. It yeah. Like baseball or football or, you know. Yeah, I didn't start skateboarding until pretty late. Like, I feel like end of high school is really when I started to go to Carruthers more because I would wait there to catch a bus um, to end up going to school. Okay. Because it would be like the early morning bus and stop there at Carruthers and I have to hop off over by kind of by Downey-ish and then I'd take the metro to high school. Okay. For like summer school and stuff. But because initially I just use it to get around like from A to B and then having that extra time in the morning. Um, I met Anthony and Alan, uh, you guys and like learned how to drop in and 
started <laughs> messing around, you know. Was that the beginning at that time when I met you? Pretty much, yeah. Like nothing really before. Like before then, it's just like, oh, you can like figure out how to ollie and get over a crack or whatever. But oh, yeah. like, I started pretty late. <laughs> that's killer. Um, that's that's cool. So, so like you know the stencils, like what, what, what have you? Um, have you have you had any observations? You know, in doing what you've done, you know, you do. How do you mean? You know, you're around a lot of people, and you know, and you've been doing it for how long now? How long have you been doing stencils? Mm, I did them before skateboarding. Right. That's for sure. So probably around like maybe 13 or something like that. Yeah. 13, 14. Because actually painted at the skate park before I skated at it. Because it was just like one of those places on the riverbed, you know? Right. That's right. Um, But then, yeah, I spent a lot of time there. (laughs) It's a great place, don't you think? It is. Yeah. I hate saying that publicly because a lot of people hate it. You know, like vert people don't really like it. And they think it's too small and stupid. And I, I, I don't know. It's always been like, it's a weird setup. It's still one of those parks where like, it wasn't built by skaters. I don't think. I thought Wally holiday built that thing. I have no idea to be Are honest. Sure but it was, I, it was Perkis Rose, an actual skateboard company though, or was it just like architectural? Well, it, it was going to be Perkis Rose, and that would have been the kiss of death. It would have been like Aldo or... Oh, I thought Perkis Rose did Belfar. They, I think they were the company, but for some reason, supposedly, the story is, is in the old timers would know, something about that Wally Holiday came in at the end and did something or changed something. Or, probably, he he probably changed the bull. Everything else is kind of whatever. True. Like huh? It's still really fun, but... Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he was the one that did that. Yeah. I wonder if they built Bellflower after Downey because Eldo is just Eldo and then you've got Cerritos and that little ashtray thing. It's, like <laughs> it's all, it's like lumpy. Yeah. Like it's their bowl, but it's just like this giant, like, I don't know. It's like a pond. I yeah. Don't know. They just go through it's it. Weird. Jump out the other side. It's not a whole lot you can do with it, but I mean, I'm sure dudes can figure out. What to do and dudes that local stuff. Park, What's that? Dudes that localize any skate park, they just rip the shit out of those parks. Yeah, yeah. And I know a dude. A that lot of dudes came out of there. Localizes Aldo. Uh, God, that guy rips. And I look at him like, how is he keeping his speed? They just—he said that's all he ever rode. Yeah, there's so many good skaters that come out of there. Like Chris oh. Jocelyn came out of Cer- uh, Cerritos and Aldo. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I used to call him the Mad Wax Kid because he had this. He always had this red helmet on, or I don't know if it was red, but it was a helmet, and then it had a Mad Wax sticker on it. <laughs> but he would win like all the contests even back then. Wow, that's killer. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's a fun place. I mean, there's something about the people you meet there. You, you're one of those people that I met there that, that became friends with. You know, you've been to my house and. Um, you know, Anthony Garcia. I met a lot of people down at Al- at uh, Carruthers that uh, became sort of lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good friendships out of there. Yeah, which is why I go there, really for the people. 
you know. Yeah, it's a good crowd. I mean, it's a mixed crowd. There, there's like some really uh, hash stuff that happens there. <laughs> like, it, it's definitely not like a clean place. It's not like a YMCA or like a uh, a church group. True outing type thing you know it, it's not Vulcan skate park <laughs> yeah uh kate and apollo and i go there in, in the summer we'll be there till it gets dark you know and it's a little thing starting up by the stairs you know like a little party oh uh, the little powwow yeah yeah, we, yeah i mean every time you go to bellflower like guaranteed that there'll be beers there's probably weed for sure uh there might be other things i don't know oh, but for sure. yeah. it got really bad for a bit a couple years or more than a couple years ago like tweakers would like camp out there oh really and like they would take the trash can and have a fire in the little pit down down where the ledge is against the wall and then like the trash can would melt all over the floor and it's just like this mess made it super slick and um yeah it got pretty bad there there's some dudes like for the most part everyone was like i don't know it's always been like a community you know like people are pretty friendly and inviting there yeah um and, and they kind of police it too i mean i've seen uh the locals you know kind of thump on somebody that's gonna you know yeah yeah it it's a strange place but it's a it's a good one yeah and that bowl you know like um you know the three hips on each side or is it three or is it yeah no two no, I guess there's three hips technically, but um, can't count now. Maybe it's just two. But but anyways, I've never seen anything like that. Have you ever seen anything like the Carlos Bowl in all the different parks and states? Mm, Fullerton, maybe. Except there's no coping. True. They've got that whole section that's just like a Snake runny pump of waves along the whole left side. That's true. Yeah, that is like true. that kind of hip. Yeah. I don't know. That's another fun spot. And those locals, you know, they're so mellow to my kids, you know, when I'm there. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, even even though they've got, like, you've got beers and weed, it's, like, it's it's still, like, a family, you know? Like, yeah. they're, they're hyped when a kid gets their first drop in or, like, if they see a kid trying something, they're... Totally. And they don't, like, offer, like a, you know, drugs or whatever. They're just doing their... No, thing. exactly. Yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're doing their own thing, you know. They're hanging out. They're enjoying life. Right. That's a great place. Yeah, there's so many good barbecues there back in the day, too. Like, so you met, like, Caesar and Blake and, like, when Blake would do his birthday party. Yep. I think those were some of my first beers. <laughs> 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 Just, like, at the skate park and they've got beers and barbecue and everything, hot dogs. What a nice rite of passage, Lawrence. Yeah, it was great. And, um, so, but you know, so what you know got this art thing going for you? You know, like like what you do it so well. You know, what's the process? Why do you do it? You know, what's the payoff? What? Why do you do this everywhere? This beautiful, this beautiful art that you do. Um, I mean, I do it more for myself, I feel like, than anything, um, or started out that way, like, um, it started out with 
wanting to make things for myself. And then once friends saw that I could make things that they wanted as well, I started making things for my friends. Um, and it wasn't till I think, was it 2010-ish? And it would have been like 2012 because I was working for two years and then I stopped working because the recession. I mean, it, we, we were in a recession and I, I didn't stop working because of the recession. Um, I just stopped working because someone had hired me then they couldn't afford to stay open or whatever. Okay. Um, and started to get unemployment. But uh, back in the day, I used to... Um, I would paint my boards just... So like I knew which board was mine if I was at like a house party or something or I could, I like looking at something when I'm skating. Yeah. So I, I would like customize my board to have something that I wanted to see on it. And it was, that's kind of where it started. Um, but then in that time that uh, I was getting unemployment, I think people were getting laid off because a friend of mine, Corey Keene, who does like all the Keene ramp stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a couple pictures as we're talking just to let you know. Okay. You don't have to, don't have to put your face in it. Though, which is... For sure. Tell me um, about Keen now. He, well, he was working because he's got his master's degree and everything in city planning. Okay. And he was working at an architectural firm up in... Valencia, I think. He was driving from Belflower to Valencia every day. Okay. And um, he got laid off, started to get unemployment. I had gotten laid off and started to get unemployment. And uh, we were at the skate park. And he's the one that kind of convinced me to start like selling grip tape to shops and stuff. And he started Keen Ramps around the same time as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, because he built like a quarter pipe for, I think, his girlfriend's nephew or something at the time. And like that was the start of Keen Ramps. So, making money, you know, uh, with art. Uh, I've done that only a few times in my life, and it's kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. What is that like? Is it what people think, or what, what you thought it would be? Um, I mean, I never really thought too much about it. Like, I thought actually, it was a pretty good feeling early on to because it's like i'm making all these things i'm like having fun making it and i would make it whether or not i was getting paid but then now i'm able to get some cash from it like it's pretty nice right so it validates the art or validates you or how does it affect how you make art or what you decide um it ended up doing that a little bit i feel like and it really just took finding a balance and a step back from um from painting because I being like a business major and everything and having done like a sales job right out of college that I didn't do do too bad at selling office supplies. I bought uh, some of your Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They did make Dunder Mifflin paper. Yeah. And I bought, but I bought some of your stuff. I bought something off it. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, probably like toilet paper and cleaning supplies or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah household stuff yeah um but the uh forgot what i was saying <laughs> oh like having that experience it was easy for me because i was i was going door to door selling office supplies like commission only right and 
like it after not working that and kind of being over being in the field it was an easy transition to just walk into skate shops talk with the owners and stuff and um like i had grip tape everywhere from like mcgill's down in san diego to bill's wheels up in santa cruz and i would just drive around and like paint things here and there so like it was a pretty cool experience um it was nice to like go on the road meet up with a bunch of friends in different areas and then make just a little bit of money doing it too where it's like this is it's fun you know it sounds like a good use of time to me personally yeah no it was it was great i had worked at the skate camp um at ymca element skate camp right i remember sequoia lake and then I was visiting friends from that trip or from from camp because summer camp was over. I wasn't working. Um, and so like I'd, I'd drive around and then stay at their places. We'd hang out. We'd go skate, stop by the skate shop. Um, and then they would pick up grip. So it was nice for a bit um, until... I feel like in anyone's career, you, you like kind of crunch the numbers and like you realize how much you actually need to live in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, that's kind of when it got to be a little more stressful. It's like, uh, and also it, there's a bit more contention with like the reason why I'm making things because it, it got to a point where I was no longer necessarily making things that I wanted to make. It was like, Oh, maybe I should make this because it'll sell. And then that's well, the kind of where dictating the art. I'm yeah. Sorry. And that's kind of where like, I realized I needed to take a step back and like not live off of it. Like as much as I wanted to at the time, like it, it's more, um, more rewarding where, where, when it's just like, I'm making shit that I like. Um, and that, um, that I want to make for myself or for others, but it's not necessarily like being dictated by like, Oh, I need to sell this. Right. Did, did it feel, um, I guess the first question I would ask is, is art for you personally a sacred process? Um, I don't know if sacred is the right word. It's something like I do for fun really or like to if i feel like just killing time or like making something Mm -hmm. that like makes you smile for a second like that's really what it's all about for me like i kind of dabble around with a lot of different things like i picked up some like brush lettering or like i'll make collages when i'm bored with like you like to make things not necessarily just stencils but other you make other things yeah yeah yeah, like whether it's a doodle or like I got some leftover magnet material from work where I could paste things to and like make fridge magnets. Um, I have a wood burning tool to like mess around with wood burning. Jake so, does that too, you know. Does he? Sick. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. I think he showed me something. Yeah. He's pretty good at it, actually. Jeremy um, Ray, too, is insanely good at wood burning. Really? Uh, you got into photography too, so tell me about that. I, I remember I saw you with a camera somewhere, and yeah, I've always kind of been into photography. Like, I'd always take random photos of things, 
Um, that kind of started with, I had an old like Lomo camera mm -hmm. and uh, it's like one of those plastic toy fisheye ones. Mm -hmm. And they had one that was like a super sampler or whatever. You'd pull a drawstring and it'd shoot four frames in a sequence. That's cool. Um, and uh, I had a Holga as well, mm -hmm. which is like, it's pretty much like a cheap old plastic 35 millimeter. Okay, I think I, they make a medium format one of that as well. Yep, they do. Yeah. Um, so I was messing around with those and then my dad had a Olympus camera yeah. that he wasn't yeah. using too much. I think it was like an E500 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a, uh, that was a digital SLR and I, he wasn't using it. Okay. So I asked him if I could use it. I think that kind of started when I broke my ankle. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because, like, stuck at home. It was the first time I broke my ankle in 2010, 2009-ish. It would have had, had to be, like, 2010, I think, where I broke my, my ankle. Yeah. Um, at Carruthers, actually, of all places. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had blunt fakies solid for a month or two. And then one evening after work, I got like wheel bite on my back foot um, in the back end of Carruthers, which isn't very big, but still like my ankle just like folded. I can walk. Yeah. Um, but then I was on crutches, so I was pretty much a walking tripod. <laughs> and so I like that was kind of my way out of the house too, where it's like I'd take photos of like dogs and stuff at home but then i went out i think with joe and who else is there casey maybe never seen uh, him ever any, you know, i haven't seen casey in a long time i don't know what he's been up to um but yeah we'd we'd go out to oh uh nate klein would pick me up as well mm. yeah so like it was a way to kind of get out from the house and like do something kind of active like I learned how to kind of um, use Photoshop to slice to sequences up and then you could put like the, the whole sequence in one frame mm -hmm. so that was kind of fun I don't know there's like different little things to do right um, but then recently I've just been shooting on a Fuji X100 yeah. that my friend gave me um, or he didn't give it to me. Uh, I bought it from a friend when he was looking to upgrade his camera. But it's this little Which, guy. That, that's the X hundred. That's the T or the uh, hundred T. Yeah. Well, this is the original X one hundred. Oh, nice. Yeah, this one's part of it all. The T, but they have like F now and something else maybe. Oh yeah, that became a very popular model. Um, but it's been good. I like it. Like. You can't zoom or anything, but it it's kind of nice not to have too many options for me. Again, less, right? Like, you, you zoom with your feet. You go walk backwards or you walk forwards. Yeah. <clears throat> A lot of photographers like that kind of thing. And then that camera you have, uh, when, when there used to be a thing called concerts, they let that, like at the Hollywood Bowl, you could take that camera you have. Into oh, the yeah, because they think it's film. <laughs> Well, no, it's because it's a fixed lens. Their, their rule was no cameras with a removable lens. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. That's a pro. So they, yeah. 
And as you know, that they take such good photos in low light. Good camera. Yeah. But yeah, pretty good cameras. I back it. That's cool. Yeah. I just realized, too, part of stenciling so much, too, was related to having injuries. Why is that? Well, no, just like having a broken ankle. Like, couldn't skate, had surgery on it. I had surgery on both of them. I know. Like, I healed up from the first one. It got better at skateboarding, and then I broke the other one. Right. And the other one actually like had way more hardware. There's like a plate and screws and stuff. The like the first one was just a screw. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. Something to look forward to when I get older. I can feel my ankles. <laughs> I live in a box. Feel them. You've seen me. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's people that have had injuries that like are still killing it. So no, you'll be fine. It's not. Gonna I think it. It's just preventative maintenance, if anything. Like yeah. Stretching and all live, that. Live, as, live as if there's no tomorrow. You know. I mean, if anything, pretty much. COVID nineteen proves that, like, you know, don't worry too much about the future. Don't worry too much about the past. Yeah. I'm just happy I could still roll around and get little grinds and pulls. No, you're a good skater. It's fun to watch you skate. Um, so you got this stenciling thing going, and you did it, and it was, and it was, it was that, and your socialization. You, you kind of were popping up everywhere. I'd see you at different events. Um, from I, I remember I saw you at an art show at Channel Street. It was mm-hmm. that was one I helped put together. Okay, that was the one with Ray. You yeah. you had some stuff in it too, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you invited me to that. Yeah, we had painted that whole first bowl and then used that as like the gallery where it's like stuff was hung up along the bowl. Yeah. If we redid that, I'd probably do it better so it hangs better because I think we literally just like tape stuff to the side of the trannies. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I mean it was cool. That was such a fun day. Like the footage of um, who was it that played? Was it Destroy LA that played in the bowl? I believe so. Yeah, there's like a full punk band playing in the square bowl. Yeah. And then that kid Wrecking Ball, I forget his name. He always had a red helmet on. He yeah. like staged over from the top of the deck into the bowl and they caught him. It was, and the pit was in there too. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that place always is also like one of those places where it's just like, it's got such a great community and yeah, like hopefully they open this year. Um, I know it's in the works to be reopened again. Finally. I've been hearing that for so long. I stopped believing it. You know? Yeah. Well, Vans put a lot of money towards it and um, I've been skating with some of those guys. And I think they were saying like April was like when they wanted to get it open, but obviously now everything with the, the whole COVID coronavirus thing has been like, yeah, exactly. But I'm sure now it's like, they've got plenty of time to do everything they need to. So when this all blows over, well, I think we're going to have channel street back again. It should be nice. That's huge news. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, it'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about art shows? You know, like, do you still attend many or, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just something to do yeah. or like catch up with friends. Like, I I do go to a lot of like 
premieres and art shows and events still just because I don't know. I enjoy it. Hanging out with people, seeing what other people are making. Like it's nice. It's kind of inspiring in a way, you know, like you see so much cool stuff being made. Who makes, who's making good stuff, you know, like right now, would you say? Uh, I don't know. It depends what kind of stuff. There's so many different things. Yeah. Um, if you were to compare something you saw at an art show and something you heard at a concert, you know, inside of you, is one more powerful than the other? Are they the same? What do you mean in terms of like? Well, like I've got a concert. Like I wanted to like just change my entire life. I wanted to, or I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to, you know, I've been to so many art shows and I've never had like this revelationary deep, well, in this whole COVID thing, you know, music seems to be reaching me deeper than visual things. Gotcha. Well, I guess, I mean, everyone's kind of got different wavelengths. Like I know you're a musician, right? You play yeah. drums and right. you've always had an ear for music. Um, it just always got to me. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't hear anything different than you hear, but. Yeah, no, I like, I like going to, sh- there are some shows where it's just like, you. it's definitely more euphoric than an art show. Like an art show, it's like, sick there's free beer and free wine <laughs> <laughs> but and then like there might be some cool stuff to look at and you i probably can't afford it like i've i've bought some stuff but um like it's usually stuff from friends or like yeah there's no way i'm buying a piece yet over like a thousand dollars like I, I just can't financially support that what if you did if you bought a thing for a thousand bucks and you put it up on your wall or wherever you want it would that uh-huh. be the same kind of a buzz as like a song that kind of gets to you? Not really. I mean, I feel like that's if if it's something that's got something in the image that I like to that point, yeah, sure. Um if it's just for the sake of it being X amount of dollars, like that doesn't like right. do anything for me. Right. So can an image contain that sort of set you on fire thing that a song can? Yeah, I think so. Like um, that guy, Stephen Powers, Espo, he's got some really, like, he's got cool drawings, I think, and like little, they're like little thoughts that he has that he is just, he's good at conveying them. Mm -hmm. Like I got this one piece from him. And I think this was in the SF MoMA exhibit oh. it was like a print that he made but what's his like, name uh stephen powers is this the guy that he did this at bus stops or something like that or uh he's done a lot of huge huge murals everywhere in like new york philly um but yeah his studio's in brooklyn he's always had like cool little things where it's like I see something and it might not mean anything to you one day, but sometimes it's just like, Oh, like I really feel like being in bed. And one of his drawings is like going where I can sleep and it's a pillow. Uh huh. But it's just like walking and then it says eight hours, please let me sleep. (laughs) And then like the pillow next to it says the place to be in. (laughs) And I mean, like now that's even super fitting because it's like, okay, stay inside, whatever. Right. And so and that's kind of appropriate in a house, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like that 
he conveys like certain feelings like or he's got uh someone fist bumping himself and it's a shoulda coulda woulda me and my regrets yeah so i don't know like stuff like that i like do you i don't know if i'm trying to remember if you because he's utilizing words you know that's a very powerful medium you know typography and um your stuff is more just imagery correct or am i wrong um i don't know i've been trying to do some of both like it's hard sometimes it's just a straight image but it is nice to have both if if it makes sense yeah for sure that was some of the original what uh printing you know words yeah exactly There was a piece I did recently um, in Long Beach for the Arts Council, and that one I combined some words where it's um, that dude with a sign guy. Oh, I like that. that. A, I like the that. cardboard. Right. Um, so, I, like, I've gotten actually pretty good response from a lot of people um, because I painted him uh, on the Falcon. They had boarded up a lot of the bars in the city, so. Right. The Arts Council was having some artists paint over them. Um, but this one, it says, uh, don't count the days, make the days count. Right, I like, like a Muhammad Ali quote or whatever. Hmm. Kind of so, what we're talking about today about skateboarding. Like this is an opportunity to do something with this time. Yeah. It, it's, it'll lead to a lot of creativity, I think that comes out of people. Yeah. Like people are cooking again or major like picking up things. I got better at cooking. I've been, I cooked, you know, 30 fucking meals, you know, or <laughs> yeah. days, fucking breakfast, fucking lunch, fucking dinner, you know, and it got better, yeah. honestly, you know, because normally I would just cop out and go get something to eat. You know, if I'm too yeah. I mean, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Yep. Hands down, like no matter what it is. So, but, uh, do you have any kind of a process and you're choosing colors for what you make? Mm, I kind of mix it up with um, the finished look that I want, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, first, it, was, I, it started early on with just, like, single-layer stencils and then made, like, some small multi-layered ones where it's, like, three stencils to make one image or whatever where you're layering it. Yeah. And then I got to the point where, like, okay, now I've got, like, 12 to 20 layers on something. Um, but now it's, um, but you, you see other things out there too, like seeing halftone stencils made, like that's yeah a whole new world where like I had to try it. Like the first ones I made complete shit, but like I know, I know now I've learned how to kind of like fine tune the process. So like if I want to make a halftone image, I, I now know, like, I can make it. Right. And, and, like, those stencils are a trip because you're just cutting lines over and over for days. <laughs> right. But and you know, you, you're doing some minute little lines, but you have the, the the complete picture in your mind as you're doing that? How do you... Yeah, pop? yeah. I mean, I, you can kind of see it ahead of time, but, like, if you plan it right digitally um, and then... Um, you print that out 
and then you just the longest time is just spent cutting <laughs> and how does that not to somebody who does not do that you know it just seems like torturous yeah and i mean it's like for me there, there's definitely some things that i just i couldn't do for hours on end where it's like someone else sees like stenciling they're just like oh yeah that fuck that (laughs) (laughs) like oh you're really gonna sit here and cut out every one of those little pieces like yeah no thanks but do do you go into some like i'm a drummer and i study when i used to study i'd stay for six hours a day i work on photography sometimes longer than that Uh get into kind of a meditative space you know is that what happens to you like how um sometimes i don't know i'll listen to music or sometimes a podcast and kind of just space out really right yeah it's i mean it's kind of like if you're coloring a coloring book or something it's or like doing a puzzle some people really like doing puzzles i personally have done maybe like two or three puzzles in my life <laughs> but the i mean and those have been like with friends or something um but like puzzles aren't something that particularly enjoy doing it's like okay i've built this piece now what am i supposed to do with it am i supposed to like am i supposed to hang it up or am i supposed to take it apart and then save it for later to redo it i don't know that's a good point but that some people love puzzles you know i know oh yeah there's like puzzle addicts yeah so it's like different strokes for different folks if you if you had to like not do it would it bother you like if you lost the use of your hands or would you, could you imagine a world without stencils? Could you just shift to another art form and not? Um, How would you? you know, it would a, suck to not be able to do it. So you like doing it? Yeah, I mean, I like the process, and I, I like spray paint. I like the look. Um, and I, I mean, I think the thing I enjoy the most is like being able to make something from nothing. Because it's just like, oh, you've got this piece of paper. Now you've got holes in it, and it can even be painted on the street. Like it's, um, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a, I write songs too, you know, and, and, uh, I'm a drummer and I'm really a trained drummer, but I really enjoy songwriting the most, you know, cause it's, and it's not that the stuff I write is so good, but I just like making things. Yeah. You know, there's something about that. It's very, for me, very satisfying. Yeah. Making things is, there's a certain joy that comes from it. You know, and I have a lot of friends that make really good music and they play for really famous people or they, um, you know, play cover songs and they get big mm-hmm. audiences because of the cover songs. That doesn't appeal to me. You know, like, I feel like even if I write a shitty song, it's funner than playing somebody else's song. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's the same as guitar. Like, how do you, do you, do you see any difference in... Do you do you look at social media at all? Yeah, I do a little bit. I mean, I try not to spend too much time on there personally, but so since um, COVID, is, do you still like the same stuff, or did that suddenly change your tolerance for a certain thing? Or I don't know. I don't. I don't even. I don't remember what I liked before or what I like now. Like for me, you know, or like if there's certain themes or whatever, but. For me, since COVID, you know, like the stuff that used to kind of entertain me, it's not as significant for some reason. 
What kind of stuff is that? Well, like maybe if I, like what everybody's doing for photographers, they're all like, here's some, here's all the old shit I did, you know. Here's one from ten years ago. Here's one from, you know. So oh that yeah, yeah. Boring. And then uh, celebrities, you know, like I feel like if we're all, if some of us think we might die, I don't really care to see some celebrity. Like right now, it's not as it's not as impactful. Sure. During like World War Three or whatever this is. <laughs> So, so that's one reason I, you know, make content uh, is not to compete with any of that stuff, but just I'm kind of bored of what I'm seeing. Sure. Um, you never. Yeah, you never, I can't really think of anything specific. Yeah. You being young, has it affected you? This thing? I mean, are you worried about older people that you love dying? Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm not working right now. I got furloughed or whatever. So screw with your money. Um, and then like not being able to hang out with friends or like hang out with my family. Even everyone's like pretty much just FaceTiming or whatever, you know? Right. So it is kind of, it's odd. It's really odd. But I mean, I feel like it'll, it has to come to an end at some point and like right. move on, you know? It will. Like Wuhan's already opened up all its doors or whatever. Like we might have a while to go just because there's so many people here, but different culture too. I mean, in China, they might've dealt with it differently than we did. So they might've resolved it quicker. Exactly. Yeah. And actually there is something on that where it, and this, this goes to like the whole Bill Gates chip thing where it's like in China, they've got that like social score or whatever, like, there's CCTV everywhere. They know where everyone's been, like to the T, like every single person. And so I, I forget what app it is. It might be like WeChat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they're they able to track down like, oh, this person tests positive for Corona. This is the places that they were like in these days, these past days. So then they would message any individual that's been in those places, like, okay, you guys need a quarantine for seven days or whatever. Makes and sense. I'm sure that probably helps stop the spread a little faster. Right. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, you see uh, things where they, I don't know if they're real or not, but it looks like they've gathered up people and put them in dormitories. And oh yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But, but then it's like, would, would I want to live in a, society that's completely monitored all the time right i mean we 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 probably are on some level aren't we i mean our, yeah i'm sure we are we all carry a phone i mean you can even get an obama phone for free and it's got a mic and a camera on it right the triangulate cell signal so you can relatively know where they're using that now to figure out if people are really um isolated yeah that's true you know, um but um you know, I heard um, really disturbing news the other day, which was that the rumor in, in college is that they're not going to go back to in, you know, in-person classes until 2021. Yeah, I wouldn't see that being too far from what they're doing. I think actually Jake mentioned that. That's um, nice. Because he's, he's a teacher as well. Right. Um, and then for like the work that I was doing, like project managing for trade shows and large events um they're saying that probably won't even turn around till maybe fall of 2021 
Wow. Or like even start to turn around till then. Because why? Because it wouldn't be safe or people would be too afraid to. Gather. I don't know how they came up with the actual time, but then it's like one. Yeah. Like speakers going to these like conventions, you have to book speakers and um, like talent and whatever else for all these things. It's like those people having to like consider like, Oh, do I want to go to this place with this many people? Um, and then same thing with the general public too, where it's okay. just like, yeah, it's a whole different readjustment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so what does that mean for everything else? If it's like, if they're looking at 2021, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of stuff might, like there's people still planning events for like October that are smaller events, but like I'm talking on like the convention scale where it's like right. LA auto show or E3 or comic-con. Well, like, what about Disneyland? Can you imagine Disneyland? When, when do you think Disneyland could open? I don't know. Yeah. You could really expect a lot of people at a place like that. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's just something I, I don't. I don't have enough brain cells to think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're all going to stay in our houses? Like, and I'm just talking as a skater. Or do you think at some point we're just going to like to say fuck it and just go out there and just get infected? And you know, not you and I me. I feel like going to skate places isn't horrible. I mean, like people are going outside to run, to bike, yeah, do whatever. Like. Staying far away from people, I think, is the more important thing. If anything, Fish was saying that he bikes a lot, and he said that, um, you know, that whenever a car goes by, he holds his breath because he said sometimes oh, yeah. you can smell perfume from a car. So, what couldn't it also contain that virus? Yeah, I don't know. It really depends on each individual. I feel like, yeah, where like some people may feel like, oh, I. I breathe the same air that this guy from like four feet away drove by real quick and I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's like, it's probably not likely, but then there, I read a thing today where there's this woman who's a nurse or who's a medical assistant. And she, you know, worked at a hospital, you know, in New York, some high, you know, a lot of work, a lot of hours. Uh-huh. She got it. Her daughter's like 18, you know, the husband's 68. She's like 56 or something like that. Uh-huh. It didn't go good for her, you know, and then she died. And, you know, basically she died in a hospital and she's texting her daughter, you know. Um, and then when she died, you know, the daughter and the father couldn't even hug because they were in isolation. Right. I yeah, man, that's tough. Either. It's just friggin' diabolical right i mean yeah i feel like at some point people will just be like fuck it i'm gonna give you a hug <laughs> especially our culture in america i mean we're not really used to being told what to do and right you know uh, we're kind of rebellious some of us in a way yeah for yeah. sure yeah. but um well, it was cool talking to you. We've been trying to do this a long time. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, I think I must have got stuck working all the time. Because <laughs> I was working right. all the time. 
Is it all right? I have a picture of you. Let me show you my picture. This is the this is the picture I have of you. So I don't know if you can see it. What am I doing? Oh, I'm holding my headphone. <laughs> <laughs> is that all right, or do you want a more? You want you want something with your face in it, or? Um, I have no problem with that picture. It's up to you. No, that's good. It's fine. Cool. If you like it, I like it. I'm going to turn this off right now. All right. Uh, uh, where should people get a hold of you? Do you want Do you want people to get a hold of you? Um, they can always contact me on my Instagram if anything. So that is Spank Grip, yeah. Okay. 